coming up on the Write Something Worthy podcast. One of the, the biggest missteps I see for first-time authors is that they do just, they try to cut corners and they want to just, you know, put something out there quickly. And, and the problem is that it doesn't always resonate with their brand and doesn't elevate their brand, their business, who they are as an expert in their field. And so it is worth it to take the time to really put the, the best book forward so that your book is worthy of your brand and your business. Welcome to the Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. Each month, we bring you an informative interview that helps you to live your best life as an entrepreneur. And now, your host, Tanya Brockett. Welcome, Worthy Writers. Thank you for joining us today as we speak with Susie Schaefer. Known as the book angel for Carl's Publishing, Susie Schaefer believes that books are the gateway to creating a movement. Her love of books goes far beyond the feel of a fabric cover or the smell of a library. Whether writing a book helps an author heal trauma or raises awareness, Susie empowers storytellers to be part of the global conversation and create a ripple effect through social impact. Working with coaches, consultants, and executives is Susie's happy place, particularly when an author's book shares their own personal story and connects the author's mission and message. Welcome to the Write Something Worthy microphone today, Susie Schaefer. Welcome, Susie. It's so great to have you here with me on the Write Something Worthy podcast. Thank you, Tanya. It's great to be here today. I am so excited to speak with you and have you share with our audience today because there is so much of what you do that has been so much a part of my life for the past 15 years. And so I really love it when there's somebody else out there that has a passion to help people to share their words. Can you tell us what it is? Tell tell us your story. What is it that got you into uh, writing and the world of authorship and then helping others to do that? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I've always loved books, and I was a, an early reader as a child. And, um, you know, fast forward through 30-plus years in corporate America, um, after my divorce, I had an opportunity to learn the publishing industry. And um, I jumped at it because I thought, oh my gosh, I, I would love to learn how to help people publish their books. And so I learned from the best and I became certified. And um, a few years later, I started my own business. And now I've been able to really help people with healing trauma and sharing their story and creating nonfiction books that um, that do what I call the trifecta, which is bringing together your story, your brand, and your community so that you can have a book that makes a difference. Mm. Wow. So tell, tell us more about the, the concept of healing trauma. How, how does writing help an author to do that? Well, I, you know, I, one of the things that I teach my authors is, um, you know, it is great to have a meditation practice. Um, whether it's 10 minutes a day or you want to do longer than that, it's really up to you. But just like your writing should be a practice, if you're writing a book, you need to schedule that time into your day and, and dedicate yourself to that. 
your meditation it can also help you with that. And sometimes what happens when you meditate is ideas will come to you. Um, so I do a daily practice of meditation. I pull oracle cards and I write in my, my journal. And sometimes those are the best ideas that come to me. And what I find is that if there's something <clears throat> in, in my past or something that uh, needs to be addressed, um, those things will come up. And that can really be um, an essential way that people can heal past trauma or, um, you know, if they're going through grief or PTSD or even, you know, mild depression, anything like that, sometimes that's a great way to start um, by doing a meditation practice, journaling, and then writing your story. Because when you share your story, even if you didn't share it with the world right away, but as you write your story, it does help you address those things that are coming up for you that, that may be unhealed trauma. Mm-hmm. Indeed. This meditation practice. You recommend this for anyone, let alone a writer, when they're trying to figure out what to write and how to share that story. When do you recommend that a writer is ready to share that story? If they've been meditating and journaling, how do they know they're ready to share that story with others? I think a writer will know when they're ready to share that, when they feel no fear and there's always a little bit of trepidation when you're sharing your story because it's personal to you. But when they're really not um, feeling fear around it and they say, well, this story, my story resonates with why I created my business or why I do what I do today or it's part of my life purpose, my path on this planet. Um, when they get that kind of nudge um, from the universe, I would say, um, or from God, you know, however you want to phrase that, um, when they get that nudge that it's time to go ahead and, and step outside of, of um, keeping it to yourself, then that's really the time to do it. Um, and sometimes, you know, healing isn't an overnight process. It takes time. Um, but when you get that nudge and you're feeling like, okay, I'm ready, and, and, and you've, you've done the work, then it's, it's time to put that story out there because there's more people that need to hear it. You know, there are many people who are told, wow, you really ought to tell your story, right? They're told, you've got to share that with others so that they can learn from that. Now, exactly. when they when they processed it, when they feel like they're ready, when the fear has dissipated and they're, and they're ready to take it on, the, the big question that comes up is, what now? So I want to write a book. What now? How do you suggest that they get that going? Well, of course, my first recommendation is if you're a first-time author and you're not sure what's next, uh, where do I find an editor? How does the process work? Um, Do I have to go this alone? Just know that there are people out there that do what I do and help guide you through that process and that it doesn't have to be scary because you can have um, like a book coach, for example. A book coach will will help you create the team to make sure that um, you're guided through the process and you've got that safety net of people who are going to get you through it and uh, and help you launch your book and put it out into the world. That's absolutely right. And that's one of the pleasures that I've had over the past 15 years also is being one of those guides. So I'm glad that there are people out there like us who can can help people to take that next step and to also 
keep that fear at bay. One of the things that I used to hear a lot when I was teaching book publishing classes, for example, I would ask the class, what would be your biggest dream zapper? You know, if your dream is to publish a book in some certain way and do this and that and the other, what's the biggest dream zapper? And a huge percentage of the students would always say fear. It was fear of something, whether it was fear of success. What if I'm successful? I don't have time to be, you know, this big time author. Or what if I fail and nobody ever picks up my book? What if, what if, what if? So there were all these fears that were surrounding it. And sometimes a book coach can help you to guide through that, to work through that, and to move past that so that you can complete the publication of your book. So yeah, I'm glad so to know true. that there are others out there. Yeah. You see that a lot as well? Yes, absolutely. There's a saying that says, uh, feel the fear and do it anyway. And that's really kind of what my job is, is to say, okay, we're going to step right into that fear because when you come out the other side of it, it's going to be okay. You're going to have a team of people who are going to support you and, and help you get your book out. Um, a lot of people have a fear of, of rejection because and feelings of, of not being worthy. And so that is the joy of independent publishing is that you're not going to have anybody that's going to reject you because we're here to support those authors that maybe a traditional publishing house may not have um, accepted your manuscript. Um, whereas when you independently publish, you're not going to get that rejection. You have a team that's going to get it done and make sure that your book is launched. So that's a fear that some people have. But um, and also just you know sharing sharing your story. That that's always um, it requires a, a bit of bravery. And uh, but when you have a team, a community that's supporting you in your mission um, and helping you connect the dots, like connect why your story matters. What, what is it about your brand that goes along with your story? Why did you start your business? Who is your community? Who's your tribe? And when you connect all that together, it just starts to make sense and it becomes, the path then becomes clear. Beautiful, and that's absolutely right. And when you talk about being worthy, that's one of the reasons for this podcast is not only are you writing something worthy, meaning that it's worthy of your effort, your time, and, and worthy of the message that you want to share with the world. But also, one of the concerns I have had over the years is, is when the independent publishing arena really blew open, there were so many people just rushing to throw something out there. And my contention was always, yes, you can put something out there. Yes, you can independently publish, but don't just throw Crap in the marketplace, write something worthy, but also make it worthy of you, make it worthy of your message, make it worthy of your purpose, make it worthy of being out there and something that you can actually feel good about. Say one of the, the biggest missteps I see for first time authors is that they do just, they try to cut corners and they want to just, you know, put something out there quickly. And, and the problem is that it doesn't always resonate with their brand and doesn't elevate their brand, their business, who they are as an expert in their field. And so it is worth it to take the time and to use people that are vetted in the industry that are good at what they do to really put the, the best book forward so that your book is worthy of your brand and your business. It, it, it has to all come together. 
and um, and going it alone your first time around um, usually ends up with missteps and it costs you extra money because you've got to fix things and, and um, there are some pitfalls uh, to doing it. So, um, you know, getting some guidance and someone who's going to, you know, hold your hand through it um, is, is very valuable. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Can you tell me about a time where, now, if this ever happened to you, where you were discouraged by others about writing or writing a book or putting a book out there or one of your clients' books? Is there a time when it was like, uh-uh, bad idea? You no, know, I, I, don't, I don't think so because every story and every person, every author is unique. And so I think it is important to celebrate people's uniqueness um, and find that piece of them that, that shines through. And so even, even if a book touches on difficult subjects, for example, like domestic abuse or human trafficking, those are difficult subjects, but they are worth talking about. So where it may be hard, it may be a touchy subject, there are ways that you can make that information digestible to the masses, but also treat the subject in a respectful manner. So sometimes it just means we have to change a little bit of the language um, and maybe not be so graphic in certain circumstances. Um, sometimes it requires changing the names of some of the people involved. Um, but that's okay because the story itself, the, the message, the mission, is still worthwhile and it's important to get out there. Excellent. And a lot of people do have a concern that, oh, well, who's going to listen to my story or, you know, why, why would I tell somebody about this and this hardship that I had to go through? What is it going to do for them? But there are ways to take your mess and turn it into your message, if you will. It's a, I use a common phrase and share your story in a way that could actually help others or help others to recognize something that perhaps you had not seen previously. Sometimes when people feel like, oh, who is going to read my story? Who cares, right? Um, what happens is, is they need the encouragement. They need the support that, that lets them know that if you've had this experience, chances are there's somebody else that has had a similar experience and they need to know that they're not alone. So that's why every person's story is, is worthy. It's important to get, to get that story out so that they can build their own community and their own tribe. So true. Now, you are not only someone who helps others to get their stories out, but you've uh, had a few books of your own that you put out into the world. What inspired you to write the book, A Path to Purpose? Um, what inspired you to share that? information in that story. Yeah, so A Path to Purpose and The Pivot Project, both of them were anthologies. And they were the result of me taking a group of people through what I call a program uh, called Behind the Scenes, where I taught them everything there is to know basically about publishing um, over a six-month period. And those authors each contributed a chapter. And so A Path to Purpose was really about um, the authors themselves and myself sharing 
what is your path on this earth? What is your north node or your your um, your purpose? Why are you here? Like, when did you discover your purpose? And so it really was um, an opportunity for each of the authors to kind of do a deep dive at, on their own lives. And it was interesting because when the group came together, we had not chosen a topic for the anthology and we put it out there and they all wanted to talk about this. And I thought this is fascinating because obviously it's, it's resonating with the entire group. It was a really interesting um, exercise for all of them to go through and myself as well. So uh, that's kind of how that book came to fruition. Okay. Now tell me this, the concept of the anthology or um, submitting a chapter to a total book that you do not write all of yourself. How is that beneficial for a new author? Can you tell us about that? It's actually really beneficial. First of all, the, the one thing it really does for a new author is it validates you as an author. Um, it gives you an opportunity to actually experience what it's like. Sometimes doing, like being a part of an anthology can help you determine, do I really want to write a whole book or not? Um, and some people will write a chapter in an anthology and be like, okay, I'm good. Others, it is the spark that they needed to say, yes, now I need to write my book. Now I, I understand how my life and my business and my past and, and my brand, all, how it all comes together. And so when, you, when an author is able to be published in an anthology, there is a way that you can actually list the contributing authors on Amazon. So when an author, for example, I have one author who she was in both of my anthologies and then she published um, her first fiction book, um, fiction based on real life. And then she's actually now going to publish a nonfiction book. Well, here's the great thing. On her author page, she can link all of those books to her to show all of the work that she's actually, um, that she's been um, a published author in. So it is a great way to start creating a collection for an author to show that they've been published more than once. You know, that's so important that you share about the author central page because a lot of people don't even know that that exists. They don't even know that that's a way that they can show everything that they've contributed to. And that's, it's wonderful that you point that out because it is um, a way for people to share uh, the variety of work that they're doing. Like, especially with your author who is going across genres, right? Fiction, nonfiction. You're not going to see those two together, quote unquote, if you go into a bookstore, right? So Absolutely. Author Central page is a great place to see that. Oh, I like wonderful. to think of Author Central when I when I explain what Author Central is to um, an author. I say, okay, so if you, if Amazon were a hardware store where you can buy anything you want in the hardware store, okay, it's there for you to just you know walk up and down the aisles and choose whatever that you want to purchase. ADP or Kindle Direct Publishing is really the warehouse. It is where your files are stored when you publish on Amazon. So you go to the warehouse to pull the files or the the items for the, the shelves in the hardware store, and that's where those are housed. Then you have Author Central. And so Author Central to me is like the window dressing. It's like putting the lawnmower in the front window with a big red bow on it because it celebrates the author and actually makes their sales page on Amazon look really, really great. That's a wonderful example. Uh, a good analogy. Now, do you... Through your 
programs. Do you, will you continue to have anthologies, do you think, with uh, new groups of authors that come in to work with you? I've actually changed up my program a little bit. Um, and I may do an anthology again in the future, but for now, I've actually changed my group coaching program to where it's basically $99 a month. Um, we have two Zoom sessions per month, and we can talk about all kinds of things, from the technical aspects of ISBNs and copyright pages to how to upload your files. So we're going to cover all of it. We're also going to do a deep dive into what I call the woo-woo of publishing, really talking about your story. And let's get in there and get deep, and let's pull some oracle cards. Let's talk about your birth charts. Let's Let's talk about what your, your north node or your, or your path, your purpose on this planet is. So it's going to be a huge range of different topics that we cover on a monthly basis. And um, so, yeah, I chose to, because this way I can offer it to more people instead of having to keep it to small group. This is, uh, allows it to be a larger group that, that we can all come together um, a couple times a month. So then your authors can apply what they learn through that process to uh, clear the path for their intentions for what they want to do with their work, what they want to do with their books. Yeah. Exactly. And it is a way to bring in the universal laws, for example, the law of attraction, the law of nature, all of these different laws that our planet and our, um, our sphere um, operates in, and for them to be able to set an intention and call in what they want to manifest. Mm. Yes. Now, I have to say that is something that I encourage a lot of my clients to do is to set clear intentions so that they can make uh, manifest what it is that they are looking for and to try to clear their path so that they can, you know, eliminate some of those um, limiting beliefs that hold them back from manifesting what they desire. So oftentimes we have so much junk <laughs> in us, in our thought processes and in our emotions that we we hold ourselves back and we don't even know it. Exactly. Uh, um, one of the things that I learned um, over the last couple of years was how powerful cord cutting meditations were. And it, they don't need to be long, 10 minutes. You can find them on YouTube and do a 10-minute cord cutting meditation. But if there's someone who's negative in your life or if there's someone who um, is just, you feel like they're blocking your energy, um, you can do a core cutting meditation. And the nice thing is that it's not like you're, you're, you're cutting them off from you. You can still have a wonderful, positive, loving relationship with that person. But when you do the cord cutting, it allows you to let go of the emotion or the triggers around that. So it, it actually benefits your relationships with other, other people because you're not, having, you're not being triggered by whatever it is in their, their energy. And so someone who has fears about publishing, would something like that reveal perhaps some potential uh, roadblocks to their path or, or causes for their fear or um, allow them to overcome the obstacles that are that that they believe are in their way? Absolutely. Um, Sometimes, sometimes it can be a friend or a family member who you feel like, you know, there's just something that, that I feel like, you know, triggers me when they talk to me or something like that. And if you do the cord cutting, then you, you realize there might be some other things that, that haven't yet been addressed. And so, um, and like I said, it could be past trauma. It could be something from a childhood. It could be 
um, a divorce, it could be abuse, it could be a, a PTSD, it could be a number of things. But the, what happens is people in our lives will trigger us. So it's a way that you can, um, you know, create a boundary with that person and cut that cord. And then suddenly you're finding that you can have a conversation and not feel triggered by it. And, and so when it comes to publishing, sometimes those things show up when we're trying to, to write our stories and we can't write that, that particular chapter or that particular scenario because there's emotional block around it. When you cut the cord and you no longer have that emotional block with it, you are then able to write about it freely and not be triggered by it. Mm. And thus, if you're not triggered by it, then you're not bringing it back into your, your experience over and over because you're, you know, you have that emotional attachment to it. You no exactly. longer have that emotional attachment. You don't have to keep reliving it. Exactly. And so that starts the healing process. And you might have to do this several times. Like cord cutting meditations are, are nice because if you only do 10 minutes, but then you come back to it, you know, just like if you're doing your morning meditation and you're doing your journaling, maybe you do your cord cuttings in the evening before you go to bed and you're just letting that energy go. And it, it's something you might have to do several times that as you do it, you become a much stronger person. You start to grow. You start to heal those old wounds. And then sharing your story is no longer a trigger for you. It is a way that you can help others and, and you can expand out your sphere of influence and create that community. That's an interesting uh, writing process then that you help people to, uh, to go through or to work through to improve both their writing process and their writing time, but also their output, their productivity, and, and ultimately the result of what it is that they produce. Exactly. One of the mm. things that I, I like to teach my authors is what I call the sticky note method. So the sticky note method is really reverse engineering your book. And so we go through and we figure out what are all the topics that you, and we might do this in a, what I call a book visioning session, which is 90 minutes for us to really kind of break down, talk about, you know, what are the topics? We'll pull oracle cards. We'll talk about the trifecta, their story, brand, and community. But the sticky note method is really, okay, let's break this down. What are the topics that you want to discuss in your book? And I have them actually take sticky notes, put them on the wall or behind a door somewhere where it's not going to get um, disturbed. And they write out all the topics. And then when they start working on their, their writing practice, say they're going to come and write for 15 to 30 minutes um, every morning after their meditation, um, they're going to come and, and look at the wall and it's the topic that resonates with you. You pull that sticky note down, you write about just that topic only. You put the sticky note to the side. You don't get rid of those. You're going to use them later on. And then you keep doing that with all your sticky notes. You might find that there's one that still is sitting there, and it might be the one that actually requires the, the trauma work or tra requires a little bit more healing. That, and I always say, don't worry about that. You'll get to that one when you're ready. And so just leave it there. It'll sit there until you're ready. And someday you will come to the wall and you'll be like, I'm ready to go ahead and write about that particular topic, the one that's hard. But you can write about all your topics and then come back and arrange your sticky notes in a way that makes sense to lead those topics from one to the next. And that really creates the outline for your book. Then you can go back and rearrange all of the topics with your writing and then fill in the gaps, do the connections between the different topics. It's a, it's a way to re, reverse engineer your book, but it's a way to keep yourself from getting stuck because what happens is when people think linearly, 
they want to go from point A to point Z, right? And what happens Mm -hmm. is they get stuck in their heads. So this is a way to get out of your head, come into your heart space and write from there because you're only writing about that one topic on that day. That is interesting. I use a variety of approaches in what I call my Bebop program, which is kind of like the first three steps is the the visioning and the um, in setting a clear intention and goal for your your book and the publishing and what you want your ideal reader to gain from it. And then there are a couple of different processes for how do you get the content out? What are those topics that you're going to cover that then fulfills that obligation? you know, that uh, the goal that you set for the ideal reader. And I like, although I have to say that the approach that we take in Bebop is you have a variety of different ways to pull the information out of you. And, and some of it is the bubble technique, which would be kind of like the sticky note, except for their bubbles on a page. Right. And, but what I had not previously encouraged is that they, write those bubbles because the concept is we still put, we still work with those bubbles and we get a feel for what those bubbles contain. And then we start putting those bubbles into place before we actually start writing them, but we don't have to write in order, but having it out of order in the first place makes that even easier to do, you know, so So you don't limit yourself. Exactly. And when you get off your computer screen and you actually put something on the wall, you're actually triggering a different part of your brain that that gets into the creative mode versus the structural mode, which is on your computer. It just triggers a different part of your brain. And what's really interesting, you brought up such a good point. What's really interesting is when you have, like, like book coaches all have a different method. And so this just demonstrates how when you're working with a book coach, find somebody that resonates with you because you're going to spend a lot of time with your book coach, whether it's Mm -hmm. your method or my method or somebody else's method, find the one that just makes sense for you and work with that person because you won't regret ever working with a coach because they're going to help you get unstuck in so many different ways, both emotionally, mentally, psychologically, (laughs) with your writing, like all these things will happen in that process. Um, but you've got to find the right coach that's going to work with um, how you work and that you feel like, okay, this is a good match. This is someone that I, I get. I get them, you know. So, um, And I, I love that you have a very similar process. It's wonderful. But, yes, you are so right. All the way through the publishing process, you have to work with people that you resonate with. I mean, down to your editor, your uh, cover designer, your you know, interior book designer, you want to work with someone that you resonate with because you're going to be going through the publishing process, which is not a small task, really. I mean, there's a lot to publishing a book. It can be easy, but it doesn't make it always so simple. Exactly. And one of the things that I do with my authors is I make sure to – to introduce them to two editors because I say, okay, I'm going to introduce you to two people, go and have a conversation with them. And it it really is that person that you connect with, that person that you resonate with, because I want to make sure that those connections are strong. 
um, and they are free to make that decision. And, and if neither of them were a fit, then usually I, I can usually pinpoint who is going to be the, the one that they choose based on their personality and the work that we've done together leading up to that point. But, um, you know, if neither of them are a fit, that's okay. Let's, let's give it another shot. Um, it's okay, but I want that that author to feel totally comfortable with their editor and and um, and have a, a a good working relationship because you do spend a lot of time with your especially with your editor and with your book coach. So yeah, that's absolutely right. Are there specific? Hmm, or no? Let me ask you this first: Is there a myth that about being an author? or even being a best-selling author that you want to debunk <laughs> or or support, I don't know. <laughs> well, one of the things that one of the things that I get asked quite often because I do run an Amazon bestseller campaign for my authors. I also do it for authors who haven't worked with me that have a book on Amazon and they would like to make it to bestseller. Um so it's it's definitely something that I offer. Um but I think that a lot of times people say, oh, it's just, you're just, you know, using the, the, you're manipulating the algorithms and stuff like that. And so I would say to a certain degree, yes, that's true. But at the same time, there is something intrinsic in, for an author when they become a best-selling author. There is a, a, that all those fears and, and feelings of lack of worth and things like that, those all disappear when an author has made it to bestseller, and especially when they make it to number one. Even if it's only for a half a day, it doesn't matter. What matters is that it validates the work and the effort that they've put into it. It validates the fact that their story does need to come out to the world. Um, and so there's a lot of people that say, oh, it's just a manipulation. And I, yes, there, to a certain extent, that is true. But it is also about positioning the book correctly so that it will get, uh, you know, more people to see it, to find the book. But it's really, it is a validation for the author that you have done the work and congratulations. And it is some work, let me tell you. I had a, a friend and colleague who uh, I worked with recently who reached number one bestseller in multiple categories. And it was so validating uh, for her. It was so exciting also. I mean, just to see the uh, energy that was created by putting out something that she had been holding on to for a while. And then to see that book finally, yeah, go out there and attract all of that attention. It was just magnificent. Yeah, and there's yeah, nothing there like is. The, that feeling. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing, You're too, right. is that when an, when an author makes it to bestseller, you now have content to use in your future marketing. So, there's yeah, it's there's, there's so many good things about it. So, yeah, it might be, you know, naysayers, but uh, that's okay. There's, there's a lot more that... Um, that it, there's a po- more, lot more positives than negatives, I would say. You know, I have to make a confession here. I used to be one of those naysayers. 
especially as relates to Amazon bestsellers. And I felt that that was not something to strive for. But my perception has changed. My feeling about it has changed now. I see some of the value in that. I see so much greater value in that than I used to. When it, when those first Amazon bestsellers started coming out, I was like, yes, yeah, but, you know, I was, I was the one who was there manipulating the algorithm thing, you know, um, and the so what of it. But the reality is that one, you can use that bestseller label forever. You're a best-selling author now, always, exactly. right? And, yes. um, and, and that really can make a difference when it comes to credibility, especially if you're a speaker or, you know, a consultant or a coach in whatever arena, knowing that you have a best-selling book is more than just saying, I wrote a chapter in something or, or no, not even that, but I wrote some white papers that you can find on my website or what have you, right? I mean, there's, there's just that greater... Uh, credibility that comes with that. And that adds value to those who are trying to share their messages with the world so that they can be heard and that they're sought after to be heard. But I also, I have to, I'm sorry, I, I have to credit part of my mind shift around the Amazon bestseller to a friend of mine um, with an entrepreneur network, uh, Kathy Kidd. She really helped me to see the value of having that Amazon bestseller. Go ahead. You were about to Absolutely. say Absolutely. I, I was going to say, it, yeah, and it really is about um, elevating your brand, your business, um, getting your, your book positioned correctly so people can find you because your book is a marketing tool. So even if it's a memoir and you have, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you still are published a published author, which that's that's something to be there's something to be said for that. So why not want to make sure that you go after becoming a bestseller? Yeah, why not be a bestseller? I mean, really, that's a perfect statement. Why not be a bestseller? If you're going to be a published author, why not be a bestseller? So Might have one to of the things use that in my marketing. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. One of the things that I've always said is that. I help my authors, my clients to be bestseller worthy. So regardless of whether they actually capture that label, regardless of whether they get into that top 10 or that number one spot, I want their content, their story, their words, their message, the book to be bestseller worthy because they are bestseller worthy whether or not they achieve that actual status. Absolutely, but, because it is a reflection of their business and their brand and their community. Mm-hmm. So that is really good. Is there something that you wished I had asked of you today? Is there something that you'd like to share with the audience in particular that you wish I got to? Well, it's interesting because I get this quite a lot, that people ask me, once they go to my website, they're going to see the pineapples, and they're going to ask, what's with the pineapple? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you a little background on that. So the pineapple is a nod to my years in the hospitality industry, where the pineapple represents 
uh, hospitality, welcoming, and friendship. And I knew that when I created my publishing business, I knew that I wanted it to, to resonate with those types of messages. And so I drew the logo. And inside the logo, if you look, uh, the top of the pineapple look like pages in a book. And in the body of the pineapple, there are little tiny squares that represent that are actual little tiny books that represent all the books that I help get out into the world so that you can share your mission and your message. Wonderful. That is creative. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. So now when everybody goes over to your website, which is, why don't you share what that website address is right now? It's finish the book publishing, all one word, dot com. Finish the book publishing, dot com. Awesome. So now when they go over to finish the book publishing, dot com, they will see those pineapples when they come right up onto the uh, the homepage. I did notice those pineapples, and um, I, I did uh, get the reference as well. My daughters have taught me all kinds of great things about pineapples over the years, <laughs> to be honest. So that's they are wonderful. Quite Thank the you amazing so much fruit. I have. <laughs> yes, and they're quite the amazing fruit. And when people go to my website, there is a button. My my consultations are always free. So um, if you're just on the fence, considering I'm not sure what to do next, it's worth a 30 minute conversation with me because I can help you determine which is the best direction for you, what your options are, and uh, give you a little bit of a nudge to move forward. Absolutely, that's wonderful, and that. That's really helpful for, you know, all of these new authors out there or the aspiring authors, the, or quite frankly, do you work with existing authors also, those who have already been through it, but now they want to do it again and maybe a little differently? Um, or is it Absolutely. just the first-time author that you're interested in? Nope, I, I work with all types of authors. I have authors that have done one or more books, and they, they say, I just I think I need to change it up or they might have written a fiction book and now they're going to do nonfiction because they they need a business book. Um, So I work with all types of authors. I actually work with a couple of hybrid uh, publishers who will publish their authors and then they partner with me to do the Amazon bestseller campaign. So I work in a variety of different ways with authors from all different, um, uh, you know, areas. Specifically, I work on uh, nonfiction. However, I have worked on fiction. I have worked on children's books. And um, I'm actually doing a, a fiction book right now because the author knows that his next book is going to be a nonfiction and he wants to get the process started on the right foot. Good, good. How wonderful. Well, I appreciate your being here to share all of that wonderful information with us so that they can decide to, you know, go click on a pineapple and get themselves connected with you so that they can get that book out in a, in a way that resonates with them, that feels good, that allows them to really uh, appreciate the journey so that um, then their next book and their next book after that will be even easier and more enjoyable to, to work through because now they'll know how to get it done with your help. Absolutely. So, yeah, Tanya, thank, thank you. you so much for having me today. Oh, absolutely. It's been a pleasure to speak with you today. I'm so grateful that you took the time to join us on the Write Something Worthy podcast. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. And I hope this inspires everyone to go out there and write something worthy. You've been listening to the Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. If you'd like to know more about today's guest or even to reach out to them, you can find all of their information in our show notes at writesomethingworthy.com. Thank you.